good to see all of you guys this morning. Uh, for some of you, in case you've forgotten, my name's Tom. It's Easter, so it's nice to see some of you guys again. You, you look older than I, last time I saw you, uh, but I'm really super glad that you're here. Uh, I was just thinking about that, though, that, you know, I get that. We are super glad that you're here, of course. Uh, but I'm thinking about you, my brother Jason over here, worshiping the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember when you were one of those guys who showed up for Easter and stuff? Yeah, yeah, when Becky could drag you into this place? Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit's got a hold of you, man. I, I... <laughs> it's just a warning shot to you guys. This can be a dangerous place, is all I'm saying, all right? Because God has plans for us. He loves us, right? Caught up in it. Did you ever make a mistake? Anybody? Did you ever make a mistake? Let me see your hands if you ever made a mistake. Ladies, don't look over at him. All right. That's done. <laughs> made a mistake. Anybody ever make a big mistake? Mm-hmm. Anybody want to share? Not so much, huh? Make a big mistake. I made a mistake once. My mistake was that I thought I had made a mistake, but I was wrong. So that was my mistake. <laughs> Anybody ever make a grave mistake? Anybody? Man. Anybody ever make a mistake that almost cost you your life? Right? And you think back on that and you think about how close you came. You remember that mistake? That was nearly literally a grave mistake, wasn't it? I mean, you got this close and something happened. Who knows what I'm talking about? That you were, you were almost there. And it... Things have been a few seconds different in my case, or a couple things just a little bit different, you'd have been gone. You know, we call that prevenient grace. It's the grace that God pours into our lives when we're not looking at Him. That when we're not looking at Him, He's still looking out for us. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it could have, could have been so different, but it wasn't. And the reason God spares us during those times is to give us opportunity to respond to His grace. Because we're not dead yet. As long as we're drawing breath, we have opportunity to respond to God's offer of grace through His Son, Jesus Christ. Seems like it would be a grave mistake to reject God. I want to tell you today about some guys who made a grave mistake. It's in your Bible in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, that's the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first part of the New Testament for those of you guys who are newer. It's the last chapter, so since... The Gospel of Matthew is one of the accounts of the life of Jesus. Where we are in this last chapter is that Jesus Christ 
He's already lived a sinless life. He's already died a perfect death. And he's already risen from the grave. So this is where we have him. Okay? Jesus is up. So Matthew chapter 28, I want to read this account through and see if you can spot the ones who are making a grave mistake. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week. So the dawn thing, that's why churches have sunrise services. You know, to celebrate the discovery of the resurrection at dawn. Uh, dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Ma- the first day of the week would have been Sunday. So in case you're wondering. So after the Sabbath, which was Saturday, at dawn on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, which is why we do what we do as believers on Sunday, because every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We just pick one day to make it extra special and break out the bow tie. You know what two people said to me earlier today? They said, it makes you look intelligent. I just want to point out that they did not say that makes you look more intelligent. They just said, that makes you look intelligent. What did I look like before? (laughs) It's just for fun. Where were we? Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. The tomb was the place where the body of Jesus Christ had been laid because he died on Friday. He was dead. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. i got to love the sense of humor of angels, don't you? I mean, it's enough to bring an earthquake and move a stone, but to just sit on it, just kind of hanging out waiting for somebody to show up. He sat on it, and his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards... Those would have been the Roman guards, the people that were stationed there by the Roman government at the request of the Jewish leaders to make sure that nothing hinky went on, okay? And they were stationed. Now, these guards, these these are the Charlton Heston dudes, you know? I mean, these guys are the, you don't mess with these guards. And guard, but the guards were so afraid of him, him being the angel, that they shook and became like dead men. So the scene that the women are coming to are an angel chilling on a rock next to an open tomb and guards laying around like they're dead. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Of course you'd be afraid, right? If all these people are dead, what is about to happen to me? Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Did you fail to put your batteries in this morning? He is not here. He has risen. I mean, if that's true, how can you not shout? He's not here. He has risen. Just just as He said. Always keeps His promises. Come and see the place where He lay. Check it out. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. 
So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Shalom. What's up? He said to them, that's so casually. And they came to him and they clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards, back to the guards, they went into the city and reported to the chief priests. Those would be uh, like the important people and the Jewish people. Chief priests, everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and, and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. Let's think about that for a second. You got professional soldiers who are trained to keep watch, and they somehow slept through the moving of an enormous stone, likely in front of which they would have been sleeping, but that's what you're to say, and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we'll satisfy him, keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. It's an amazing account, isn't it? Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I mean, that stands all by itself, right? Well, let's, let's, look, at these, let's look at these guards. Let's look at the grave mistake that these guards managed to make. And let's, let's just start in verse 2 and notice that the guards knew the truth. It said there was a violent earthquake. The Lord came down. Earth, earthquake, the Lord moved the stone. And it says that the guards were so afraid of him. So they took it all in. They knew the truth. They knew that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. So the guards had all they needed to work with. They knew the truth. There wasn't a doubt in their mind that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. They were there. So that wasn't their grave mistake. If you look at verse 11, you'll see that the guards set out to tell the truth. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. They just went to tell them. Hey, you're not, you're angel, stone, dead, you know, he's alive. Oh, they went to tell the truth. They made no mistake yet, right? They, they knew the truth. They were going to tell the truth. But then something happened. In an effort to preserve their religion and their religious status, the leaders devised a plan. Here's what you are, I guess. They offered them a large sum of money. Verse 15, they made their grave mistake. So the soldiers took the money. That's where they made the grave mistake. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. That was their grave mistake. But let's think a little bit more about this mistake. I mean, if we think about it, what was their mistake? Their mistake was not at all 
that they refused to believe the story about Jesus' resurrection. They were there. They never stopped. They, come on, they never would have stopped believing the story about the resurrection, would they? They would have gone to their grave going, I know I'm not supposed to tell you this, but it really happened. There was never any doubt in their mind. Their grave mistake was not a failure to believe about the resurrection. Their grave mistake was a failure to believe in the resurrection. Their failure was not in in refusing to believe about Jesus Christ. Their failure was in their refusal to believe in Jesus Christ. Because it's in believing in Jesus Christ that we're saved. Not believing about Him. Did anybody get to John 3.16? Anybody? Anybody know it? Murmur. Now Moses felt as the Israelites were murmuring. Murmur. That's a pretty well-known verse. If you're brand new to all this and don't know it, you'll get it. It's in all the football games. John 3.16. How's that go again? Kind of trailing off on the end there. For God... For God so loved the world, that's good news, right? That He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross, to rise from the dead, that whosoever believes about Him will not perish, but have everlasting life, right? Whoever believes the story about Him, is that how it goes? That whoever believes... In. In. Man, there's a world of difference between believing about and believing in. Am I right? There is a world of difference. One of the great flaws of Christianity as a world religion is that it has devolved in so many cases to leading people to believe about Jesus Christ and telling them, now you're good. You're good. You know, the publishing of a creed or something that says that, you know, you believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. And varieties of these creeds that tell millions upon millions of people, if you believe this story, then you're good. Man, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him, if you just believe about Him, you're not good. I'm just bringing it from the Word. You're not good. John 20.31 says, These things are written so that you may believe and that by believing you may have life in His name. Not about his name. There's a world of difference between believing about and believing in. How many of you believe about parachutes? 
How many of you like me? I believe that you, they make these things and you can strap them on your back and you can go to some thousand feet and you can jump out. I believe, I believe all this. I believe that you can actually pull the ripcord and, and, and you can fall out of a perfectly good airplane and you can... How many of you believe that this is about parachutes? You believe, you, you believe about... Go ahead and raise your hand if you believe about parachutes. I'm going to smoke you out if you don't, because you should believe about parachutes, right? It's in all the war movies, okay? You believe about parachutes. Now, I'd like to see the hands of those of you who have jumped out of an airplane in a parachute. Sherilyn, that cracks me up. Brenda, all right? Look at these guys, okay? You see? Whoa! Thank you. See the difference between me and you is that I believe about parachutes, but I do not believe in them. How many of you know about bungee jumping? You know this thing where you go to some bridge that's across some big gorge and it's hundreds of feet down there and and they got this giant rubber band for you, Nina, and you can Hook one end of the bridge, and you can hook the other end to your feet. And you can jump. How many of you believe about that? You believe about bungee jumping, right? That it's a thing, and that people do it. Now raise your hand if you've done it. Oh, Betty. Seriously? Seriously, Justin? You see, the difference between you and me is that I believe about bungee jumping. I probably shouldn't say it this way, but Jesus himself could not get me to do it, okay? Because I do not believe, I'm sorry, Lord, I'd do anything you say, but I hope you don't say that, because I don't believe in it, (laughs) right? How many of you believe about these windsuits that people wear, you know? Oh, groan. You know, these raincoats they put on, and, and they jump. Dominic, right? They, they jump off some huge high place, Sam. They just jump, and they stretch out their arms, and they fly. It's a controlled fall, I realize. I mean, they're... I got a question for you guys. Why do those guys wear helmets? I mean, is that really going to make any difference if this goes wrong? A piece of fiberglass wrapped around your skull. Is that really going to make any difference? It's for the bugs. Okay. How many of you believe about wingsuits? You've seen the footage and stuff. Has anybody ever done one here? Justin? Betty? No. Bruce? No. So we're saying that we believe about wingsuits. Not a person in the room believes in them. That's a pretty big difference, isn't it? That's a really big difference. Let's dial back to that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes 
in him will not perish. See, people on their way to God, they get all hung up with, well, I don't even know if I believe that it's true. I don't, believe, I don't know if I can believe the story about the resurrection. Yeah, I get that. There's lots of questions in lots of places of the Bible. That's how I lost all my hair, right? I just, I don't know, Lord, that's what it says. But I discovered that when I switched and fully believed in Jesus Christ, it was amazing how the questions began to be answered for me. It's a, it's a grave mistake not to believe in Jesus Christ. It is a grave mistake. Did you ever make a mistake and you, once you realized it, it was too late to do anything about? I just want to say to you guys who still trying to figure out a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that it's appointed on every man once to die and after that the judgment. You've got time now. You've got time right now to believe in Jesus Christ. I need to tell you about one more resurrection. It's in your Bibles in John 11. And it happened to a friend of Jesus named Lazarus. Lazarus, his family, a friend of Jesus. Lazarus died. He was dead. Dead, dead, dead. The Bible says four days he was dead. I like the way the King James Version says it, because when Jesus told him to remove the stone, one of the sisters said, but Lord, he's been dead four days and he already stinketh. Even eth doesn't class up stink, does it? He's been dead four days. He's decomposing dead. Jesus said, move the stone. Stood in front of that grave. and He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he did. He came out of that grave. He came out of the grave. He was dead. He came out of that grave. Jesus Christ called Lazarus out of the grave. I want you to think about that. Are you out of the grave? Because if you know Christ as your Savior, you believe in Jesus, which is going to change your whole life when you cross over from the about to the end. If you know Christ you're out of the grave. John 5.24, Jesus said, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. If you know Christ, you're out of the grave. If you don't know Christ, you're still in the grave. Call it out, man. 
I just have a sense that there's people here today who are getting this. It's just dawning on you. The Holy Spirit is explaining it to you at your heart level that goes, I can't believe I've been believing about Jesus Christ all this time, and there's nothing about my life that indicates that I believe in him. You can make that crossing. You can come out of the grave. If you want to come out of the grave, anybody want out? Does anybody want out of the grave? I'm going to give you an opportunity to transition from about to in. Just a minute, we're going to be worshiping God. See where Pastor Rob's standing over there looking all nice? There he is, and some other people back in the room there. They're just ready. They're just ready to talk to you. They're ready to answer your questions. They're ready to, you don't, they're not going to sign you up for anything you don't want to sign up for. But they're there to help you make that transition. So when we sing, I'm going to ask you to do something so courageous, and that's to move your feet. To move from the place where you are in your grave, just go on over to them. And let God do what God does next. Never regret it. Let's stand together, church. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you. You rose from the dead. That's amazing. I don't know how you could have done that, Lord. It doesn't even exist in nature. It doesn't, it's not logical. It blows our minds. We don't have categories for it. We don't have an explanation for it, Lord. And yet somewhere we know that it's true. And so we believe the story, Lord. And now I just pray, God, that for every person here who's at that transition point, I pray that you give them the courage by the power of your Holy Spirit to come out of the grave, respond to the string of the Holy Spirit inside of them so they can just come and they can change from about to in. They can come into relationship with you. They can be in Christ. Oh, God, would you come? Save somebody today. Save somebody, Lord. We rejoice in our salvation. I just pray that you'll save somebody today. Spirit of God, come. Receive our praise. Receive our surrender. Receive our confession. Receive our hearts to you, Lord God. Hallelujah.